You need to conquer your own demons. You need to conquer your own uh, force that is coming against you before you can see breakthrough in other places. And I want you to take this not only in, in the spiritual matter, I want you to take it in all sections of your life. You say, okay, yeah, there, there's certain things I need to break through to make the city of David. <laughs> you need to make your own city, your own fort against the enemy. The stronghold of the enemy is so strong. But who's stronger? Who's sitting in heavenly places with his feet on the enemy's head? Jesus. Who's sitting there with him? We are. So here's the first thing that needs to happen is that we need to understand who we are and the promotion we have received through Christ Jesus. The minute that we receive that promotion and we say, okay, we know who we are, we're promoted to sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, then we know that the enemy and any stronghold needs to submit to that order. Therefore, we're not allowing the enemy to have the stronghold, but we're making our stronghold against the enemy. We're taking over his stronghold. We're making sure that he sees that we have the city. Amen? That we have Richmond, that we have wherever we are, Chesterfield or the other places, wherever we are, we have that, 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 that stronghold there where we say that the Lord of hosts is with us. The hosts, the heavenly hosts that have been dispatched to us are with us. They made a stronghold around us. I love that song we were singing today. You think that we're surrounded. The only one is you're the one surrounding me. What I like to tell you is that Satan is an illusionist. And he makes you think he's winning. Just so you can become a pacifist and stand back and say, oh, wow, look what the enemy's doing. And then you glorify what the enemy's doing, and then the enemy gains ground. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to say that. You know, the enemy's been using media for thousands of years. You saw them taunting David. You saw when they sent the letter to Hezekiah, Second Chronicles. You saw when they told the disciples that they needed to hide. If it wasn't for the boldness of Holy Spirit, the disciples would have still been in the upper room. Their decrepit bodies dead. Holy Spirit comes upon them. Look, no fear. Ugh, crowd. Lay hands. Rebuke the Pharisees. Walk around. The anointing came upon them where they gave them boldness to take the stronghold of Jerusalem. <laughs> because there was a religious stronghold around Jerusalem built by the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the other seas and whatever they are. And God... It's like back in the days, all the ites, right? Hittites, Jebusites, Hivites, and all, all the rest of the ites. What God wants you to do is that he wants you to invade the stronghold and come in with the power of God. Are you willing to invade strongholds? 
That's the question. Now listen to this. Right after this, they build David a house in the city that he took over. And David's like, I want a nice house, you know. And um, he builds this house. But in verse 17, I want to read from here because I want us to see this. When the Philistines heard, now the Philistines hate David. We know this all the way from 1 Samuel 17, 18. We see, since he killed Goliath, they hate him. This is an all-time feud. Okay? That's why you should not get surprised in what's going on in Israel. To be like, oh, the Palestinians and all. Palestinians are just the Philistines. They've always hated Israel. This is thousands of years. You can't undo thousands of years of stuff with a UN delegation. This is spiritual. It would only take Jesus putting his feet on the Mount of Olives to see the glory of God invade Israel. Amen? So all of this uh, peace talks and everything, I love it. Praise God for peace. The Bible says, blessed are the peacemakers. But it doesn't work. If we don't engage the enemy in his territory, which is spiritual. Because the Bible specifically says, that's why I love the book of Ephesians. And, and, you know, the Bible specifically says that we fight not against flesh and blood. But there's a hierarchy, a spiritual hierarchy that we're fighting up against. The first one is principalities. And um, I love Katie Souza. We're having her back here in September. And she's my friend, but she, she engaged me a, a years ago, about seven years ago, and taught me about the principalities. And I remember that message. It blew my mind. Because she was saying that the church was constantly fighting spiritual wickedness and fighting all the minions when we're called to fight principalities. Because the minions only work for the principality. So you could destroy all of them, but you would continue to get attacked unless you take down the principality. That's why David was such a warrior. This is why in Joshua 10, in Joshua stops the sun so he can chase after the kings. Because he knew that the battle would not be won unless he took out the kings. And the minute that he took out the kings, the battle was won. And there were five kings, five-fold ministry, the, 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 the five hierarchy of Satan. You go on and read that yourself. That's all in Ephesians. There's a reason why he said, and this is the way we defeat from here on out. We defeat it with an order, and we take on the principalities. We take them out. And we remove them from their, 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 their thrones. We remove them from their thrones. And the reason why I say this is because when the Philistines heard that he got a promotion, <laughs> you see, Satan's waiting. You know? Everything's fine. Get a promotion. Watch what happens. 
People know, this even works in the natural, okay? <laughs> you got friends at work, all of a sudden they promote you to supervisor. Your friends ain't your friends anymore. Just saying. It happens. Why? Because your role has changed. You're no longer buddies. You're now their boss. <laughs> you see, the enemy's coming at you because your role has changed. <laughs> You're no longer whoever you were in the world. You are now a son and a daughter seated in heavenly places. So your role has changed. If your role has changed, that means the Philistines have heard that your role has changed. And it's coming down. It's going to come at you. The enemy's going to come at you. Things are going to come at you. Situations are going to happen. You're going to say, what in the world is going on? Now listen to this. If you're in the church and you already know you're engaged in warfare, I had told somebody some, a long time ago, I was very ignorant, and I said, well, the church is a hospital. And I got engaged by this other man of God, an apostolic leader, and he said, actually, the church is not a hospital. I said, what? He said, it's a war ground. He said, you go to the, to the war hospital, you get fixed up and patched up, and then you send them back out to war. This is not a hospital where you just sit around. People die in hospitals. Let's be honest. <laughs> just laying around where you to die. It's not what God called us to do. This is, a, this is a war ground. You can call it Gilgal, but from Gilgal went the war went out to take on the enemy. Amen? Listen to this. And the Philistines heard, verse 18, the Philistines also came and spread themselves around the valley of Raphaim, or Rephaim. And David inquired of the Lord, saying, shall I go up to the Philistines? I love this. The enemy surrounding them. And David's like, uh. and he looks at God, he said, should I pay attention to this crap? <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's just, it's, that's, you know, the, the Bible according to me. Should I pay attention to this? And then God tells them to say, yes, pay much attention to it. They're surrounding you. For I will deliver them into my hand. The Lord said unto David, go up and I will doubtless deliver you. Or he said, go up and I will do it. And I love this. And David came to Baal Perasim. And David smote them there and said, the Lord have broken forth upon my enemies before me as the breach of waters. Therefore, he called the name of that place Bar Perazim, which means the Lord of the breakthrough. Listen to this. This is a whole different warfare that happens here. While David was running, he would take on the enemy and smite a lot of them, but he would get tired. While David was king of Judah, he would take on the enemy, engage in it, but he was still had enemies coming right back at him. But in this one, it was like the Lord just came as a flood and just wiped them out. It was like there was such a breakthrough 
that happened that he had to name the place where he engaged the enemy. He had to name it. This is where the Lord of the breakthroughs came through. And I'm here to announce to you this morning that you have fought the enemy on different phases of your life. You have seen different things. And I'm here to announce that I just feel in the spirit prophetically that Harvest Renewal Church is on a breakthrough moment. Do you understand the tenacity and the push that it takes to see breakthrough? You see, you can hit a wall, let's say a brick wall or a cement wall with a hammer for days on end and see a little bit of breakthrough. But there's a different equation when there's water. Because water has a way of eroding things quickly. Now, get that and put that equation with a flood that is rushing at something, and you'll see that thing move. I don't know if you've seen any of these flash floods. They're scary. How they just take cars. How they just take houses. Why? Because when there's a rushing amount of water coming at a a very, very high capacity, something happens. Something breaks. Nothing can stand in its way. The water is the word of God, and it's also Holy Spirit inside of you, ready to break forth, ready to break through, ready to break things, ready to move things out of the way so you can do what God called you to do. And the Bible says that after that, they left their their idols there. All of their idols were just sitting there. And they took them and burned them. Come on. God is showing you in this picture that there is breakthrough about to happen. And then he's also showing you that he is the Lord of the breakthrough. I don't know how many of you are waiting for a miracle, waiting for God to do something, waiting and waiting and waiting. Don't wait around anymore. Pull out your sword and get it. Somebody look at the neighbor and say, grab it now. The Bible says that God gave no doubt that he would deliver them. If we believe that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever, there is no doubt that God will give you breakthrough. I still believe that it's all about your tenacity and how willing you are to fight for that breakthrough. You know, we can equate the message of the blessing and grace and sort of like give an imbalance to who we are because we were like, oh, but God has already blessed me and we has already done it. But listen, breakthrough doesn't happen until you do something. God has not anointed you to sit around. Well, you know, just, just you know, the Lord told me. How, how many years ago God gave you that word? Excuse me. I, I want to measure this. <laughs> it was funny when they were, we were doing the assessments, you know. 
we got the encouragers, you know, the people who rub their back. And, and he gave this whole big story of me carrying plates and they fall everywhere. And then that Sunday, the table fell and we saw all the encouragers and the different people, right? I got this story, you know, and I was like, who encouraged her? Who, who did this? And they were like, oh, yeah, one encouraged, the other one helped. And then you saw the servant, you saw the encourager. Like, and then I, I just told Jeff, I was like, why'd you prophesy that? <laughs> so I came more like the motivator. So I'm your drill sergeant. Pastor Doug will encourage you afterwards. And I'm like, get down, give me 50, run, get it done, fight the enemy, bring it. I have a lot of family who are military, you know, and I went through a paramilitary program myself. I hated my drill sergeant. How many military here? Lift up your hand. Come on now, give guys. Military, you served in the military, ex-military. Did you like your drill sergeant when you started boot camp? Spitting in your face, you know. We had all these ex, you know, ex, uh, uh, we had some military still active, but we had all these ex-marines. That was horrible. Sorry, marines, I love you. Sorry, uh, (laughs) Wayman, I love you. I mean, they're hardcore. You know, doing push-ups, and he's like, "Do more! Did your mama raise a wussy? Get up! What? What? Dude, I'm doing it." You might not like the drill sergeant, but he is conditioning you for war. And when you're being conditioned for war, sometimes it doesn't feel good. That's why sometimes in church or wherever you are, you engage in these little spats, what I call spats, and God is preparing you for warfare. Because what he's doing is he's conditioning you to engage the enemy. On a whole different level. So now the minions don't matter to me. Now I'm standing on hills and standing on mountains, looking out to the enemy and seeing where their king is at and saying, okay, there we engage. Made a big mistake. I love David. Made a big mistake. They brought the king with them. When we engage the enemy, we have to be conditioned. And this is why you're being equipped with the word of God. You know, I love pastors. I was a pastor for seven years and then realized I wasn't a pastor. (laughs) After seven years, just had no grace for it. (laughs) People would come to me and say, I'm just hurting so bad. There's just so many things. You didn't hear my message last week. The message before that. I told you to get ready for that. It wasn't the counsel that y'all was expecting. I'd have to call another pastor. Can you counsel this person for me? 
because you need the encourager too. That's why there's a five-fold ministry, because you need all of them together working as a unit. There's no hierarchy there. Satan built the hierarchy. God built the living organism. I want you to give God a strong hand clap for that. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. I believe that God created us in his image. He has five fingers in the fivefold ministry. It is the hand of God. Coming and moving as one. None of us are greater than each other. We just complement each other. And this is why I said, in order to see growth, you have to engage in warfare. In order to engage in warfare, you have to be conditioned for it. I have to equip you. Get angry with me if you want. I'll be the enemy for a little while. But as long as you get equipped and get conditioned, I'm fine with it. But I want you to know this one thing. That Jesus was being equipped for warfare. Uh, Mel Gibson is coming out with the Passion of the Christ too, and his version is going to be Jesus' three days in hell. Oh, I'm waiting to see this. Listen to this. <laughs> I want you to see this. Jesus is taken. Oh, this is good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Jesus is taken. During the time of the desert, I love desert season. This is a season where you get nothing. <laughs> Not a word, no encouragement. <laughs> Matter of fact, you call people for encouragement, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm busy. <laughs> Have a good one. That's desert season. <laughs> Enjoy it. It grows you. You learn to depend on God. And not on people. So this 40 days in the desert, he's down and out. He's hungry. Now, at this point, his body is totally diminished. And God wants that. He wants for your natural affections, everything that has to do with the natural man and this earth to be totally dead. And then the spirit rises up in him. And now you can engage the enemy. Because the enemy now sees and thinks that because, because the enemy is always looking at the natural, so he's trying to attack your natural. But the minute that you let your natural die and let the spirit rise up, there's a whole different anointing. And now the man is dead, and now Holy Spirit is like, oh, I got this now. What would you say, devil? Oh, that? Oh, let me get you this. Oh, pa, 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 pa. So everything he says, now he gets contrary. I've had this happen with people, and I know it's the enemy. I love, love what Jeff said the other day. He was, like, he was like, would you still be friends with Jesus if he called you Satan? Would you still be friends with Jesus if he called you Satan? He did it with Peter. Satan, get thee behind me. <gasps> Could you imagine if we had the generation that we have now and Jesus was existing? 
Say you can get thee behind me. Shut up. Oh my God, I'm leaving. God, I'm done with you, Jesus. I don't like you anymore. You're supposed to love. What's coming out your mouth is satanic, and I'm going to contradict it with the word of God. Because what you seek is only natural affection things, and what I seek is of God, is of the Spirit. So there's going to be a whole different contradiction now. Don't go get angry with me. Well, how about this? He called a bunch of people, and he said, your father is Satan. That's hardcore. Now, just listen. If we only had those scriptures in the Bible and didn't have the whole picture, we would say, Man, I don't want to follow this Jesus. He's crazy. And that would be, it'll be one-sided. It'll be mostly what, what pastors and, and the fivefold ministry will be doing. But it is not one-sided. Did Jesus love Peter when he said, Satan, get thee behind me? Yes, he did. Did Jesus love the Pharisees when he rebuked them and said, your father is the, the devil? Yes, he did. All of these things are happening. Now, in the desert, he engages with Satan one-on-one. Listen to this. Satan gives him three different trials, and I believe that all three trials are, are indicative of body, soul, and spirit. You'll get it. First one, what? Turn this stone to bread, body. Second one was what? Come on now. Bible scholars. Right. Authority. Kingdom. The soulish realm. Mind, will, and emotions. No, actually, the second one was throw yourself off of this mountain, and then there'll be angels to serve you. So the pride, mind, will, and emotions. It's also a spirit of suicide. All right? Throw yourself down. Everything's going to be all right. So the soulish realm is being attacked at that very moment. Then the spiritual realm, which is what? Worship. You can only worship in spirit and in truth. So worship now. Worship me, and I'll give you all these kingdoms. I believe, now this is just my belief. Please don't take this as theology. I believe that they were not earthly kingdoms he was showing them, but I believe he was showing them the principalities. And every principality was sitting on their throne, and he said, I'll give you all these kingdoms. But the minute that Jesus said, we shall worship the Lord God, our Father, to him, those thrones were diminished. And this is why everywhere where Jesus went, demons knew who he was. Because the principalities knew who he was. And this is why he would have to shut the demons' mouths is because he had the authority over the demonic realm already, so they already knew who Jesus was. So when he walks in, they go, Jesus, son of God, shut up, get out of him. Yes or no? It's in your Bible. The demons will recognize him immediately. Being known in the spiritual realm is very important. You can have no authority over sickness, disease, or any spiritual wickedness here on earth unless you have authority in the spiritual realm. And that's what worship. Worship is not a song that Caleb sings or a song that uh, Danielle sings. Worship is a lifestyle. Everything I do is worship. 
Now, there's a song they sing, worship is my warfare, my praise is my weapon. It is so true. Because even when I'm working, if I'm worshiping God with my work, that becomes a warfare against Satan in that specific region. And you become the authority in that place. Even without being the supervisor. (laughs) Come on now. Preaching to somebody. You do not need to be the supervisor to be the authority on your job. If all the rest of them are not living for Christ, or maybe two or three, you can say, hey, let's just push this in the spirit. Listen, when you begin to push in the spirit and worship God with what you do, the authorities need to bow and submit. Because now you're not complaining about your boss with the rest of the people. You're saying, well, God is good. My boss is good. Don't worry. God will take care of it. God will take care. And guess what happens? Now the spiritual realm takes over. And God is more likely to promote you than somebody who's complaining. Why? Because complaining is the opposite of worship. It is actually the worship of hell. I'm going to preach today. Have we all been guilty of doing this? Yes. I'm going to end with this. What am I saying today? That there is a serious breakthrough wanting to happen in your life and in your region and in your specific place. But we have not recognized where we're fighting. Recognize your place of warfare and name that place the Lord of the Breakthrough. (laughs) Listen, listen to this. Recognize who you're fighting and name that place the Lord of the Breakthrough. And say, look, listen, um, I don't know what you came to do here, but this is Baal Perazim. So you just walked in through Breakthrough City and didn't know you were about to get broken. Is this good? Come on now. Jesus, Holy Spirit. You need a breakthrough. Harvest Renewal Church needs a breakthrough. We all need a breakthrough. I don't know what that breakthrough is and what it's for, but I know you need it. It is your choice to name the place of where you're warring. What you name it, if you want to name it defeat, name it defeat. Then you've been defeated by the enemy. If you want to name it after your sickness, name it after your sickness. Then you just accepted the enemy. If you want to name it after anything else, that's up to you. But it is up to you to name your place of warfare. And I'm here to announce to you that Harvest Renewal Church will name the place of warfare right here in Richmond as Baal Perazim, the Lord of the breakthroughs. Because God is breaking through. Whether you see it or not. I was watching a, a, a movie last night. It was called Flood. I don't even know. I was just watching it. 
And so this guy's looking up towards the ceiling, and there's like a drip, you know? The drip, 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 drip. He's like, is that supposed to be like that? I, I love stupidity in movies. It's just, it's awesome. The guy next to him is like, something's wrong. Run! Why? Because he knew that at that certain point in the tunnel, that if there was water coming down, there was actually a rushing amount of water about to come. So they begin to run. Of course, they didn't make it. Because when the water rushed, it takes everything out. Listen, there's water wanting to rush from you and through you that has not been released yet. That wants to remove the obstacles. The enemy is there to bring forth the breakthrough. He's not there to bring forth defeat. Stand to your feet. I'm going to speak Southern. I do speak in tongues. Spanish, English, Holy Spirit, and Southern. It's a whole different language. All y'all. The enemy is scared. 